Hello everyone, welcome to my radio show, the Gabby, the Grace Peace Balance Radio Show with Gabby Abdel Gadir. I've got an amazing, amazing um, lady and she's a very good friend of mine for you today. So, her name is Kimberly Drummond. I call her Kim. Um, you can call her Kim too if she allows you. I'm just trying to be funny here. So Kim is a digital and social media strategist helping small business owners increase leads to their businesses, connect with their audience, and double their sales by leveraging the power of digital marketing. Through her consulting and training business, Kimberly helps small business owners and solopreneurs to accelerate their profit by integrating proven social media and digital marketing strategies. This is a short bio of Kim, but she is a lot more than what her bio says about her. You get to know her. Hi, Kim. Hi, Gabby. Thank you for the wonderful welcome. You're welcome. It's been how many years since we saw each other? Oh, wow. Say 2012. So how many years is that? (laughs) (laughs) I know. Five. Yeah. So you and I met at the Bob Proctor Matrix. And it was oh, like instant chemistry. Absolutely. I just fell in love with Gabby. Anyone, if you know Gabby, you absolutely fall in love with her. If you don't know her, definitely get to know Gabby. She's just a wonderful soul. I just totally fell in love with you, Gabby. Thank you. Same here, same <laughs> here. Thank you. We spent six amazing days together at the seminar, and it was absolutely. a life-changing seminar, I have to say, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Totally changed my life. I mean, um, it was absolutely phenomenal. I came home and, you know, well, well, I told the story, but I came home, made changes, and, you know, that's, that's what got me to where I am right now. That I know, I know. Well, you, you just needed the push. You were all you were, but you just needed the push, and that was the matrix that pushed a lot of us into actually taking action, into finding our passion. So, Kim, what were you like as a kid? Because I know what you are right now, but I want to know what you were like as a kid. Well, I I was one of the the children. I was always sort of inquisitive, you know. Um, I used to be very active. I was the type of child. I was always climbing up trees, running around, and, you know, being active all the time. And um, I was always inquisitive, wanting to know more, wanting to experience more, and wanting to do more, really. Yeah, and then you were born in England, right? In London, were you? No, I was actually I was actually born in in South Africa. Um, I oh. came to London when I was twelve years old. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's news to me. So I guess we never talked about <laughs> this before. <laughs> but you picked up the accent like fairly quickly, right? <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. And um, I think it, I think. I suppose it depends on wherever you, you live. Um, when I grew up in South Africa, my, my, I grew up with my grandparents um, for the first yeah. sort of 12 years. And, um, you know, they spoke in English to us and we went to school and we spoke English. So it was, um, it was just one of those things where yeah. um, it's, it's just normal. And I think when you're young, you pick up the accent quite quickly. 
But I think in general, I tend to pick up accents quite quickly. If I, I, I remember when I was in Canada for that six days, for that, for that you know, for that two weeks I was down in Canada. I came uh-huh. back and everyone was like, why are you sounding Canadian? So, <laughs> um, so I, do, I do kind of, I do, I'm a bit a chameleon when it comes to accents. I do sort of catch them on quite quickly. <laughs> yeah, you do, eh? Yeah. Mine hasn't changed. So I grew up like in a Catholic school where all the teachers in my days were Italian nuns. That is where I picked up the accent, and it has never changed. So people on the phone, like at work or or business, if I deal with them long distance, they assume that I am from Eastern Europe. I remember at my first job in Canada, I was talking to this VP uh, of one of the largest companies in Canada all the time, and he assumed I was like uh, Bulgarian, Hungarian, God knows, whatever. So he comes to visit after about a year, and he looks at me, who is Gabby? He goes, and then I go, that's me. And then he goes to my boss, oh, my God, she's black? <laughs> <laughs> I assumed she was Eastern European all this time. I <clears throat> yeah, but I picked I mean, up. Accents really. I Sorry, know. And then, but I, I picked up the accent of the nuns. They were all Italians. Um, so my brother was luckier because in the Catholic school for boys, mine was girls, no boys. His was boys only. Yeah. His teachers were Americans, Italians, and um, and British. So he had all oh. these accents, not like me at all. He can be American <laughs> with Americans. He can be um, he can be anything you want him to be. But for me, it's just stuck with me, and I got the twisted R, and I got everything else. Anyway, yeah, but I love your accent, Kim. Thank you so much. (laughs) Okay, welcome. So, okay, you finished, you got to university, and my my memory serves me right, like you were a teacher. Yeah, I mean, um, I went to university. In fact, initially, I've been to university twice. Um, Mm -hmm. I did a degree in English language, um, Mm -hmm. English language literature. So I did a degree in that, went into HR, got bored, and decided to go back and just do my passion, which was physics. Um, I've always sort of liked physics and astrophysics, but mm-hmm. never thought I had the brain for it, really. It was like, oh, you know, because my uncles were physicists and, you know, they were super clever. You always look at these people and think, oh, my God, they've got amazing brains. And I thought, well, let's see what I can do. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, even if I don't pass, at least I'll, I'll be doing something I love. Um, did mm-hmm. that, and then I went into teaching. Now, mm-hmm. and the teaching was actually by default because my children were in school at the time. Um, I actually wanted to, um, you know, I, I, I sort of liked teaching them at home and going through the curriculum with them. And I thought mm-hmm. that would be actually great to actually, you know, help young people and help children because I started helping some of my friends' ch- um, children, especially with math and physics. So I thought, actually, why not go into teaching? So I went into teaching, and I was actually doing that for quite some time. And um, it was absolutely phenomenal for me and seeing the young people. And I think that's what kind of changed my life and doing what I'm doing because of young people, which, I, you know, I'll get to that later on. But, mm-hmm. yeah, so I started teaching. Um, I was going to go into secondary, which is the older children, mm-hmm. um, but I stuck with the younger, the younger children, so they were all under 11, and it was, it was great fun. You know, children are just so amazing, and, you know, it's, it's, it's just amazing seeing them learning and the, the, the progress and seeing their journey throughout the school years. And even now I bump into some of them and they're like, hello, Mrs. Drummond. And you're like, oh, my goodness, look at you, so tall. And they're all taller than me. And, <laughs> know. you know, you think, wow, it's just amazing that at some point 
you were teaching these children and you're part of their journey. So it was an amazing time. Yeah, it was. And I can just picture you how, like, you changed, you told them about the mindset, something that they don't teach in schools nowadays, about being positive, about uh, not taking Mm. things, you know, like uh, the the positive mindset. They don't teach them these things in school. It's amazing. It's so there's so many things that they don't teach in school. They don't go. We don't. I mean, I I don't know whether it's ever going to happen. But things like mindset, positivity, the way you know you approach, um, the way you approach your work in school, the way you approach maths problems, which a lot of people seem to struggle with. Um, you know, just even just look, an outlook um, of life. You know, children have an amazing outlook in life, and I think it's our job as adults to change that outlook. Um, and to make, not to change it, but to maintain it, because children always have that positive outlook. But then I think when adults get involved, we tend to change that. And it's important to have that in the school curriculum. Money management is another thing that is another never talked thing about. Huge, huge. You can yeah. say that again. And yeah. it's so important. It's just so important. And it, it, that's why the world is the way it is, because there's so many things in the curriculum that are not, you know, that, you, you know, we're, we're stuck teaching children how to do maths and stuff like that. And I, and I think for myself as a teacher, I felt a bit constrained. Um, there, wasn't, there wasn't any flexibility. And I don't know what it's like in other countries, whether they're, they're a bit more flexible with the curriculum. But in the UK, it mm-hmm. just is what it is. You know, you, you have to stick to the curriculum. And, and what used to break my heart was having to move on, knowing that a child hasn't got that particular thing they don't understand that particular method they don't understand what you've said but according to what the curriculum says you have to move on and you'll revisit it another time now children learn at different rates we all know that you know we can some some of us are kinesthetic some kids are auditory you know there's different ways that we learn but i think um the way the schooling system is at the moment we're not really taking that into account I'm very passionate about that, as you can tell. (laughs) I know, yeah. So am I. Like, it's not only in the UK. I think it's everywhere. They don't teach Mm. them about money, how to manage money. They don't teach them about being leaders, not followers. Uh, Something that I repeat to Michael all the time. Be a leader. Don't Mm. be a follower. Because kids tend to want to be loved by their parents friends and they yeah yeah, exactly so they follow whatever their friends are doing no be a leader no don't be a follower and uh, things like that they should be taught in school I think because a lot of these kids they come out like very insecure and um, Mm. they have no clue how money money works they have no clue what positive um, thinking is they have no clue forever so yeah that that is I can totally see you um, how you used to teach. I can just picture you teaching the kids. But how? How? What triggered you to change careers? Well, for me, I really wanted to make a change for for children. I really, and and that's that's why I'm that's why I change careers. That's why I do what I'm doing because it's all for the children because they're the next generation. Um, yeah. When I speak about this, people don't actually see how. Like, well, well, you change careers, but how does that help children? And I currently work with um, female entrepreneurs, you know, women that are trying to get their business running, solopreneurs, trying to get them to that point where they can actually make a lot of money so they can actually spend more time with their children and really give their children the love and nurturing that they need. Now, 
because the females, as, as females, were the sort of the key aspect, you know, where the, where the key nurture is in the children's life, whether you have a husband or whatever it is, whatever mm-hmm. kind of relationship you have, the mum tends to be the key nurturer. And yeah. in order for you to do that, you need the backing up. If, you, if you're not having any money or, you know, you don't have any money and you have to work night duty and do all sorts of things, it, it becomes really difficult to do that. And some people are not as strong as others. You know, some people, you know, they, they give up on their kids and it's just too much because they're having to do so many things in order to keep the head above water. So yeah. what happens is the children sort of... Um, it becomes a bit difficult for the children to be nurtured in the right way. Now, what I realize that um, I can do as much as I can within the schooling system, but I can only touch so many lives because the children are just passing through. But if yeah. I can do something for the parents and, and stuff like that, you're, I'm then doing something for the not just one generation, but for more generations than that. So um, that's what made me have the change. And I think... Um, I, I started, first of all, doing coaching, and I realized that um, coaching is, is looked in a certain way, and I think parents tend to feel like, oh, if I'm going to be coached, it means I'm doing something wrong. And it's not that you're doing something wrong. It's just that you want to be better, right? So mm-hmm. it's also a mindset thing, um, yeah. and some people are not quite there mindset-wise. But and mm-hmm. I think if you can get, if you can talk to people on a financial scale and start showing them that financially, because if if I think most of the time people are driven by money, right? So everything's yeah. like, oh, I need money, I need money, money. But that's not what you need. <laughs> you just need, um, I always talk about Maslow's, I always go back to Maslow's. If you cover the first sort of bottom rungs of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, then mm-hmm. people become... Um, they get to the third stage, which is, you know, the belongingness, the love, the nurturing, and they start looking at relationships and start looking at their friends and people around them, and they create that community feel, which we all aspire to at some point. Yeah. But yeah. if they're dealing with the basics, like, you know, I, I used to see children come in and they haven't had anything to eat. You know, the last oh time they had God. something was the day before um, at, at, school, at school dinners. Now, how how's a child supposed to learn if they haven't had any food in their stomach? So, so most of this stuff, it goes back to the basic needs, the basic needs of the children, the basic needs of those parents. Because if the parents are thinking about food and water and security, they're not going to think about their children's um, schoolwork. They're not going to sit yeah. there and, and, you know, the school's going to be the last of their problems. And they, you know, and children tend to, and that's where the whole aspect of, children going off and doing drugs and selling all sorts of things because they need the money. Yeah. So I felt like if I could show, um, you know, especially for females, for women, it becomes a bit hard for us to actually, um, you know, do the, just do stuff, right? When you have children, you have to think about, you have to be mummy and then you have to go to work and be whatever it is that you do at work and then you have to be the wife and then you have to be the, 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 the you know, the, 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 the sister or the daughter, whatever it is that you're being, you know, so, so there's many hats that we put on as women. So I yeah. felt that if I can at least help get, for you to see that actually the money thing is doable and you can do it and, you know, to achieve it, you can actually pass that on to your kids and show them that actually, no, you know, it's not about doing drugs. It's not about doing this. It's not about doing that. You can actually do it and actually teach the children because a lot of stuff that we learn as, as, um, as adults, we've learned it from our parents, you know, and the yes. people around us. So... Mm-hmm. As much as the teachers teach you stuff, 
the stuff that you see day to day, the stuff that you hear day to day from your parents and the constant voice in your head, it's not your teacher that you had in, in you know, the seventh grade or whatever it is. It's not. It's your mum. You know, it's your dad or it's your uncle, it's your aunt. It's whoever it is that was around you a lot. So if I, that's how I felt. If I could change that somehow, change the way the parents see the world, especially mums, the way you see the world, the way you view the world, um, it will change the way you kind of speak to your children and how you articulate yourself to your children and the message that you pass on. Yeah, so true. I couldn't have said it any better. So, so you, now you do help moms, women entrepreneurs? Yeah. Or guys too, that, right? Well, I mean, I've got guys that reach out, but my passion, <laughs> I mean, mostly <laughs> I help women. I mean, if there's guys that want my help, of course, I'm not going to send them away. Yeah. Um, but I predominantly really just try and help um, female entrepreneurs. Because um, there's, a, there's a thing about women um, which people don't realize. Guys tend to take action more than, in a, in a funny kind of way, right? Yeah. So yeah. we take action, but we don't have the confidence. We, as women, I think women don't have the confidence to, to be like, no, I can do this. Whereas guys naturally seem to have the confidence. And I was speaking with my brother about this. And um, what I sort of came out from it is that mm-hmm. guys, you know, like when they're younger, they... Um, you know, they always ask the women out, right? So mm-hmm. they always have to stretch themselves and go and ask the woman, and the woman says no or shuts them down, and they're like, oh, no, and they lick their wounds, and they have to start again and try. Whereas for women, we've never had to be that. We, you know, I suppose things are changing now, so I'm hearing. But, you know, you're, never, mm-hmm. you, you, you're not the one to approach the guy, and, you know, you're not going to ask him to marry you and get rejected and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas, you know, guys, it's like a thing for them. It's like, oh, I got rejected. Okay, so what do I do now? And so they come up with a plan. But it doesn't, mm-hmm. but from a, from a young age, yeah. they know that it's not personal. Whereas I think women take rejection really quite personally. And, and I think it goes down to, and I was like, okay, so if we, if we can build the confidence in women, you know, just because there's a lot of women who are confident and who can do stuff like yourself you're very you're very confident and you 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 get stuff done but there's some there's an aspect of us that does hold us back and i think there's an aspect of like well i'm not really sure and it's just like well why not just do it you know Mm -hmm. if it fails it's okay you know and i think it's quite hard as um as females to um to to get something wrong because you're like oh it's the end of the world Whereas I think for men, even though they feel the same way, they still uh-huh. go ahead and they try again. They so, try again, yeah. That, but they my... may be, <laughs> But I have to say, uh, Kim, like maybe men take action with no much faster or with no fear or hesitation than women do. But women are mm-hmm. much stronger than men. Oh, absolutely. And that's yeah. the thing. You know, and I think we don't realize our strengths. You know, and, and I think fundamentally, I think once, I mean, once I'm one, they start realizing how strong they are and really to see how their journey, because sometimes it's a journey thing. It's really understanding your journey. And it's, you know, it might, I might be dealing with social and digital stuff. Like mm-hmm. at the moment, you know, I'm trying yeah. to get people to go on Facebook Live. And people are like, oh, no, I can't do that. Oh, my <laughs> hair, the lipstick and this. And oh, my God, what am I going to say? And everyone's just freaking out. And it's just like, no, just, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> you know, stop thinking about, and this is something I got from 
from Bob Proctor, actually. Um, mm-hmm. Stand up, speak up, shut up. And it's not about you. It's about mm-hmm. the other person. So mm-hmm. whenever I'm sort of speaking on a Facebook Live, for example, everyone's like, yeah, but you sound confident. I'm like, yeah, it's not about me. If I didn't speak about myself, I'd, I, or if I'd made it about myself, or I started mm-hmm. thinking, oh, okay, how do I look and how do I feel, I probably would never, ever do a Facebook Live. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah. but it's, it's, about, it's about understanding that it's not about you. You're imparting information. You're imparting knowledge. You're imparting wisdom. And it's about your journey and helping someone else. So I... That's what I tend to do. But I think understanding your own journey, understanding who you are and where you've come from and how far you've come from will mm-hmm. actually build the confidence because sometimes people don't look back and don't look back at their journey. I mean, I have, you know, I've had a, I had a tough childhood, you know, and I went through quite some tough times. Um, mm-hmm. But I think had I not gone through that, I wouldn't be the person who I am right now. And I'm grateful for that. So, yeah, because um, that is so true. Like, challenges always teach you to be strong. Like, I am one sole example of that as well. Um, mm. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, I'm, I'm guessing this is your passion, and you're helping women. Okay, for our, the sake of our listeners, we are not feminists by any means. It's just no, that, like, yeah, Kim loves to help women because she's been a mother. She's a mother of four kids. Four. Yeah, and I've yeah, got three four. amazing, handsome boys. <laughs> and a daughter. We'll talk about and her my, also. And the yeah. one and only. <laughs> and the one and only, yeah. So it, this is not about feminism or anything like that. It's just about women helping women. Uh, especially those mothers with children at home and then having to work full-time mm. and juggle the housework and the office work and the commute and all that stuff and how to make money from home while you're home taking care of your children. That is, it's all about that. Because so, some people have an idea, like they could get an idea that we're being feminists here because oh, no, uh, I'm we're not. not, I'm not no. I mean, I, <laughs> I personally am not one of those, you know, women's yeah. clubs. Not at all that is yeah. just you know empowering the person who who they are, and I think the reason why I said women for myself, I was looking around to think, okay, who's predominantly mostly with the kids, um, mm. and it's not just women. Of course, there's an amazing dads out there who are with with the children, you know, quite a, a substantial amount of time. Like my husband actually um, stayed at home um, for two years while our middle son was born, so he stayed and and did that. So we kind of did an exchange thing. Um, but it's it's you know it's it's about who who is there nurturing the child twenty four seven and you know um, most of the time it's 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 women it's women so you know not yeah yeah so and yeah you're right it's, it's not about you know we're not feminists or anything like that <laughs> it's just no I'm not yeah. that type of person <laughs> my mom I'm was so Kim my kids. mom used to be a feminist big time. Really? <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. She was into oh, women wow. right big time. I don't think there were many women uh, who stood up to men like my mom did in her days. Like she oh, was, wow. uh, yeah, she was into women's rights, women's equality, big time. Yeah, I yeah, mean, so you know, I think be... it's nice to have that, to have that aspect. I mean, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm into women's rights as such. I'm into people rights I think as people we, we all have rights and I think it's important to to view that so whether you're a man or woman or a child um, I'm very passionate about children and I'm, I'm sure this is coming across but um, yeah. 
you know, it's it's my passion. And I, when when you see the young people, you know, when children are born with a clean slate. It's what yeah. gets put into their minds earlier on. Um, at the very young age, and it's what you download. If you think of it like a computer, a computer's just got the basic yeah. stuff. What you yeah. put into it, the, the the Word documents, the software that you download, that is what makes your computer, my computer may be different to yours, but we could yeah. have both Macs, for example. But mm-hmm. I could go on yours and be like, oh, what's this? You know, completely different. But that's because yeah. of the software and everything that was downloaded onto um, our computers. So. That's how I see children, just clean slate and stuff like that. But that's, that's, that's with everyone, isn't it? We're born yeah. that way, we're clean slate, and it's what our experiences make us the sum total of who we are. And yeah. it's about having those experiences, and I think it's important to understand that those experiences make us who we are and, you know, create the world around us, really. Yeah. Absolutely. So when did you exactly take action on changing careers? Was it after the matrix or you had started it before yeah. the matrix? Well, I mean, I was in the ring before the matrix, you know, you're kind of like, mm, yeah, yeah. But then after the matrix, I was like, oh, my God. Uh-huh. <laughs> I kind of handed in my notice. <laughs> yeah. Then I got back. Are you serious? You did it right away. I'm serious. <laughs> I did. Because I, I don't think I would have had the guts just to, and I was like, oh, my God. I was just like, okay, I handed in my notice. Now, in academic terms, you have to finish off the term that you're in, um, mm-hmm. the schooling year. So yeah. I finished the schooling year, and um, in September, I didn't go back. That's when I actually, and in the meantime, I was actually um, doing um, the Thinking to Results program with Bob and doing NLP training. So it got quite intense quite quickly, um, yeah. and I think it, it was the boost, really, from all you guys. It's not just Bob, you know. I, I think, you know, I it was all the people that I met met in the matrix and the different um, people that inspired me to, to do better. Cause I think when I actually went to the matrix, I did, I, I had, I wouldn't say I had confidence at all. I'd be like, Oh my gosh. Um, you know, cause you know, you're around people who are millionaires, people who've made millions and you're thinking, well, I'm just school teacher. Should I really be here? And the lack of confidence is just ridiculous. Um, well, that, you know, when I look back now, I think, well, why, why are we feeling like that? And, you know, it's, it's amazing that, you know, I, I personally don't, wouldn't have seen um, what I could have done. If, if you told me, I don't know, uh, five years ago that I'd be where I am now, I wouldn't have believed you at all. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, it's like a completely different world. But I've become this person because I've, you know, had confidence in, not in myself really, it's more in the people that believe in me, you know. And sometimes if you're in a place where you just, you're feeling down, whatever it is, get in touch with people that actually believe in you as a person and going to know you can actually do this. And believe them, not believe in yourself, but believe in them until you can actually believe in you. Yeah. So, so I think... For me, that that was the um, so when I literally got back from Matrix, I hadn't even my notice. It was a bit like, and they were like, "What? <laughs> you leaving? Yeah. Are you sure?" You know, initially my um, my the head the head of the school, you know, was just like, "What? Well, why are you leaving? Like, is, is was there a problem? What are you planning on doing?" And I was like, "Well, I'm planning on doing coaching, and this is my plan." And she was like, "Oh, okay. What points by that?" And I actually started doing some of the coaching in the school. Mm-hmm. And um, she was, you know, she was quite nice, and she was very open to it actually. Um, so I did some of the thinking to results. 
program within the school and actually did change a few people's lives. Um, a few people left and actually did, well, that wasn't the plan to make people leave. But yeah. it was amazing because people realized that actually this is what they want to do. Like one of my colleagues, she actually became a midwife. She actually left and went into nursing and she's now a midwife. And, um, you know, she's very passionate about that, whereas before she was a teacher. So it's, um, it's quite amazing to see the journey um, that I made actually had an impact on other people too. Good for you, Kim. That is expected of you. Not only that, like, even like your daughter, Atlanta, look at her. How old is she now? She's 19. She's 19 um, yeah, and she's, she's an she's author. Totally she wrote amazing. her first book. Yeah, she's written her first book. Um, she wrote her first book actually when she was 17. So she got it published when she was 17 and it was about her passion, which is running, as you can see. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, she recently, <laughs> so she recently ran her first marathon um, because you have to be 18 to run your mar- um, to run the marathon, yeah. um, and she missed it last year because um, she did the ballot, yeah. and um, she couldn't she couldn't do it until she'd sort of um, turned 19. So, I mean 18. So she did the ballot, um, mm-hmm. and then she didn't get the place. And then this year. Um, she, she was help, she's actually helping um, um, a charity, um, and they contacted her and asked them to you know asked her to run for them. So she decided to do that, and it's the restricted growth um, um, charity where you know people are sort of um, they've got dwarfism and they're restricted in their growth and stuff like that. And she met a girl many years ago, who who you know kind of made an impact on her, and I think. You know, she decided to actually do that and just like, oh, you know, and they don't, it's not something that's known out there. You know, it's very difficult for people to get jobs and stuff like that. So she decided she wanted to help out. And so she's, um, yeah, she's got the, the spirit of, and she's always so positive, you know, and she gets. Yeah. <laughs> she, hey, but she, she has likes. to be, hey, your husband, <laughs> Claude is positive. I also enjoy his post. And then yeah. you are you, you are Kim, the one and only. And then <laughs> what do you expect? <laughs> yeah, I mean, but I'm so proud of her. <laughs> it's amazing. It's um. You know, it's it's amazing seeing them doing different things. You know, sometimes it's it's for me. I tend to yeah. step back and think, wow. You know, I, you, sometimes you don't realize when you're in there and doing stuff. You know, it's only when they do something phenomenal, like when she when she did the marathon and my um, you know her brothers went out there and they were like, oh, she did amazing and stuff like that. It's always so nice to actually see that to see, you know, her encouraging other people as well. You know, yeah. it's not just about her doing the stuff, it's about encouraging other people, motivating other people to do it. Um, yeah. She's trying to motivate me to run. I not don't think so, but anyway. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I <was> like, no. <laughs> I'm so busy not helping yet. families here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> but it's, it's amazing. I mean, I, I wouldn't, I, I, I don't see, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm 40, and I don't see myself ever running the marathon, but, you know, at 19, for her to do that, it's just, it's just great, you know. I know. I but I think because they used to do the mini marathon, because they've always been running, um, mm-hmm. it's, I think, it inspired her to do the, the um, big marathon. But one of, my, um, one of, one of their teachers, um, Doug White, used to actually run the marathon. And every year, he would come into the school and say, right, I'm going, I'm going to be running the marathon. And she remembers that when she was, like, six and seven and eight. 
you know, oh saying one of her teachers. And this year, she actually ran with her teacher, but she, she actually beat him. But it was amazing because <laughs> he's still running. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was quite nice to see that. And, you know, and I said, and I said to him, I said, you know, you actually, that's why teachers don't realize they actually inspire the young people to actually do certain things and you know you know when you impact a child's life you don't realize it you know yeah. it, it does make a difference it does make a huge difference like our following up that story on on facebook it was amazing mm. it was amazing okay so kim what do you advise um people, I'm going to say people, like men and women who are currently mm-hmm. working on something because they do need the money like most of us do, uh, but yeah. they don't really enjoy their jobs and how do they go about moving forward and working on their passion? What do you advise them? Well, my advice is, um, you know, don't do what I did. <laughs> don't do the jump. Um, you need the security. The reason yeah. I say don't just, you know, because I've seen a lot of people just quit. Like, oh, that's it, I quit because some guru said quit because I see that, this a lot um, yeah, where the gurus yeah. say just focus on your passion. It's great to have money and that's yeah. all you can think about. That projects because you put this, this energy out, right? Um, you put this energy out. So even when you're trying to make a sale, all the person can see is that you're trying to get money off them, which mm-hmm. you are because you're desperate because you need to pay the rent or you need to buy food or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. My thing is get to a point where you're making money on the side, you're working hard, so you're going to have to do this for a while and you're not going to be having holidays and doing all sorts of things. You're going to be focusing um, on your passion. So be working yeah. on your passion on the side and get to a point where your passion, whatever money you're making with your passion, exceeds your current income. Right? Okay. So yeah. once you once your current income, once your current income once your your passion income matches mm-hmm. your current income, you can then say goodbye to your job. And then you can then fully focus. Now you've got a hundred percent focus on that. Now, yeah. to get to that point, though, is going to be hard because obviously you're working and then mm-hmm. you have to, you know, those times where you're watching little programs, watching Netflix and doodling around, playing games on your phone or listening to music or reading a book, that is, you need to stop that and just focus on yeah. the passion, actually building yeah. that business. It's yeah. not going to be easy. It's, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it's going to mm-hmm. be hard. But... You need to focus on that in order for you to build the business. Now, your focus or whatever your passion is, it's about mm-hmm. getting clients in. Get the clients in, you know. Mm-hmm. Then you can call it a business. Because um, yeah. some people, they, they call themselves a business or whatever it is, and they don't even have one client. And then they've quit their job, then they've got no money coming in. And then it just, it's just, it just ends up being really messy and very... Um, and then you wonder why you're doing your passion, which is why a lot of people are in jobs right now because they can't separate the two. At some yeah. point, you're going to have to do both. Um, yeah. And that's going to be the hardest bit. It's going to be, it's like, you know, climbing a steep mountain. But there's a point where it kind of plateaus and it becomes a bit easier. Okay. And every step of, I mean, it's like any business, but, you know, once you, once it's, you know, it's going to get easier for a little while and then it gets harder again. So just know that every stage that you go through, 
it will be like count, you know, climbing that mountain at a 90 degree angle and you think you're going to die, but you're not. <laughs> It'll be fine. You know, you'll get there. And once you're there, you're like, okay, what's the next step? Because always be asking yourself, what is the next step? Mm-hmm. So don't quit your job, whatever it is that, whatever it is you're doing, mm-hmm. do both. Work hard, you know, take that time, you know, don't spend the day. I mean, I'm not saying don't spend time with your family, but no, give yourself a, a time frame to say, okay, I'm going to be doing this for a period of time and this is my target because some people don't have targets. You know, you could be doing this for years and years and years and achieve nothing. Make yeah. sure that you have a target. It has to be a financial target. So mm-hmm. you have to have like a financial target. Make sure you say, well, this is my financial target. I want to make say, £5,000 a month um, by whatever it is, over 90 days. 90 days seems to, um, it seems to work for a lot of people. So you can mm-hmm. say, right, okay, so how am I going to do that? Because you've got a financial target. And then you can also have, like, a, you know, a, a target, for example, of, like, how many clients you want to get. But that's also based on your financials, right? So if, you're, if you've got a product that you're selling or whatever it is your passion, okay? So if mm-hmm. you're creating stuff, how much are you selling them for? So how many people would you need to get in to sell these, these products or services to to make your five, 5,000 pound or dollars um, target? And yeah, then you just yeah. work towards that. Yeah. yeah. Without quitting your job, which means Without that you're going to have to, yeah. <laughs> and I, I stress that point, Gabby, because I've heard this so many times where the guru is going, oh, you know, just follow your passion. But no one's taking into account the basics. I go back to um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Yeah. You need the basic stuff met, you know, the, the food, the, the warmth, the security, the, you know, your psychological needs, your security. You know, if those things are not met, you, you, you cannot move forward. You cannot make money. You cannot. It becomes really difficult. And then that's where your mindset comes in. And mm-hmm. um, not a lot of people have worked on their mindset. You know, you have to have a really strong constitution um, if those things are not met. So to make things a bit easier, Hmm. just maybe perhaps, you know, do both. But focus, focus on, you know, after work. You've got two hours or three hours, you know, after work. Instead of coming home um, Mm -hmm. and slouching in front of the TV, come home, get on your laptop, create something, do something, um, and, you know, just keep on top of your target. And just keep doing that. Because yeah. I've seen people, they, they put a lot of work into their... You know, people don't like their jobs because they're not doing what they love, right? We, yeah. want, we all oh. want to do what we love. Yeah. But if you don't know, and, that's been, and I don't know if we've... No, we haven't even spoke about this, but this is your why. It's like, why do you want to do what you want to do? Yeah, you love it, but in love alone is not going to get you past, you know, the, the bad times. So your why is what's going to get you past your bad times, you know, the reason behind what you're doing. And most people, so they can, yeah, you know, for me, it was spending time with my kids, you know, being able to spend as much time as I like with my children and be with my family and friends, you know. So working for myself allows me to do that. Um, if If I need to do something, if I need to take a week off or I haven't, like, for example, I haven't been well in the last week, um, but I was able to actually take time off and just do that, but there's still money coming in, you know, whereas yeah. Yeah, if, you're, if you're working a nine-to-five, you have to worry about, okay, I've taken five days off, that's my sick, sick for the year, and then I have the to contact yeah. the doctors and, and all that stuff, and 
do I have to take it off as holiday? What, what do I do? And, I, uh, and, and is my desk piling up with stuff that I need to do? You know, and it's, mm. it's a lot to think about. Um, yeah. But whereas when you're actually working for yourself, um, you know, you're able to do that. Now, I'm not saying you're able to do that straight away because I wasn't able to do that. But when you start getting people on your team and delegating, it becomes a lot easier. Yeah, so going back to your awesome. question, what, what to do? Don't give up your job just yet. Make sure your, your, your passion income exceeds your current income. Meets or exceeds, yeah, that's so true. And then, and then they need, mm. um, a person also would need a good coach, like a good coach or mentor yeah. if they have yeah. no idea where to start or where to begin. Absolutely. And I think it doesn't matter where you are in your life or where you are in your business, you always need a coach or mentor. Um, yeah. This is something I never would have talked about. I never would have thought about. But mm-hmm. the more I do in business, uh, the more, and, and it doesn't have to be the same mentor for different things. I found yeah. I've got different coaches for different things, um, yeah. depending on what my target is and what I want to get out of my business. So, you know, you, you've got a mindset coach. You know, if, you, if you're dealing with, like, mind stuff, you know, you go with whoever is the best person for that. If you're dealing with, um, say, for example, social media, um, people come to me with social media stuff, but I also give them mindset stuff, you know. So it just depends on who you want to do. I've got coaches myself. I've got a mentor who I actually, um, you know, connect with where I'm, when I'm stuck with stuff. Um, like, right, I need help. <laughs> yeah. And then we, we go through stuff. And sometimes it's just basic stuff, but sometimes you need someone who's not, connected to this issue who's not connected who's not your friend um who wants to please you who's not family who you know who don't want to tell you the truth who's not in your business who's not connected at all who's just standing out there in the box saying okay what's the situation you tell them the situation they're like, oh okay here's here's the thing here's the guidance and it's always good to have someone who's been where you are you know so sometimes yeah. it's really great to have a coach who say okay if if, I, if, I'm, if my target is to make, I don't know, 500000 for this year, I'm, I'm not going to pick a coach who hasn't done that. I'm going to pick a yeah. coach who's making that kind of thing. Yeah, so that is so true. Yeah. No, and, and then I was, I was going to say, when you choose a coach, you also have to do your due diligence because there are so many people oh, yes. out there, uh, tried and tested, who when they need your money, they're also nice to you as soon as you're done they mm. took your money they don't want to they don't reply to your emails they don't respond to you so there are the coaches who are so great even like long after you finish the training or whatever coaching program you did with them anytime you're stuck somewhere you need their advice they're right on and they don't even ask for money so it's always good to do your due diligence when you're choosing a coach or a mentor. Absolutely. I think you agree Absolutely. with me. Absolutely. Some oh, of no, which I, I think agree. you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, when they need your money, oh, they're yes. all so nice and Absolutely. loving and, and all that. And once they took your money, they act as if I mean, I, they've I've never seen, seen. Yeah, you see, I've seen so much in the personal development industry. And I think mm-hmm. it's very sad to see, you know, people's, you know, like this is a whole other podcast. I can tell you that. <laughs> you know, I've, I've seen so much. I've seen so much in the personal development industry, and it's it's quite it's quite sad um, when you know you've got people who actually want to do better in life, who actually want to grow and develop, and then you've got the piranhas, I call them. You know, 
who just mm-hmm. come along and they just take the money and they don't people because you know we're not robots we're not computers we're not numbers uh, mm-hmm. you know on screens we're actually human beings and I think it's important to have that human being aspect to everything mm-hmm. that you, when you're dealing with people and sometimes what I've seen um, mm-hmm. is that people don't see it like that you've got you've got some of the gurus out there and I keep saying gurus because that's how they see themselves but mm-hmm. they, don't, they don't take into account that this is a human being it's not just a random number it's not a dollar sign it's not a pound yeah. sign it's a yeah. human being and you know and it's quite sad when you see that um mm-hmm. but definitely do your due diligence you know really and it's not just about hearing what people say because sometimes google trust me you can i as a digital marketer i know you can put whatever oh, you want they, yeah google. there is a lot of nonsense when you google somebody you know? like some people um, could be judged unfairly and uh, yeah. you know things like that so, no, but ask ask people who've been in the industry for a while or who oh, are yeah. like religiously into these things like um, you oh, know yeah. like you for example um yeah i have seen a lot and uh, trust me um i don't find people like that people who have integrity at all so that's why i always tell people be careful ask around uh people who've yeah. done this this and that with that particular coach and things like that before you spend your money you know absolutely that's great yeah. advice Gabby. yeah i know so uh yeah my god that was so lovely and i need to do part two with you are you okay with that <laughs> like maybe in a couple of weeks yes absolutely we can do part two in a couple of weeks i'm good with that yeah and then yeah because we have a lot more to talk about i know and um okay so i will be for the sake of our listeners, Kim is someone you need to get hold of if you need any sort of help in the social media in um, part of your business or any advice. She's done it. She's been there. She's a self-starter. Keep in touch with her. I will be posting her website, and you can go in and check it out. And there will be part two uh, with Kim Drummond and what is your last word for our listeners? Last advice um, my, before we finish. My last, adv- my last advice is always be passionate about what you're doing um, and always shine your light. No matter how dark things may seem, just keep yeah. shining. Keep shining. What a way to end yeah. it. Okay. So until the next time, stay on. Stay on. Um, I want to talk to you and uh, for our listeners, Have a great day, a great week. Up until the next podcast, stay blessed. Thank you. Something good in everything I see.